Bonnie just read, begins with uh, a definition of biblical faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. I love that. Conviction. Assurance. There is a sense of certainty about true faith, at least if this passage of Hebrews is to be trusted, and I believe that it is. Sometimes we get a little wishy-washy in the way we talk about faith. We, we take faith to mean that of which I cannot be certain. We say things like, I don't know for sure, I take it on faith. Now, a sense of humility is a good thing, to be sure, but that's not the kind of faith Hebrews is talking about. This isn't about what I think maybe is most likely. This isn't, I hope, but I don't really know. No. The Bible says faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Assurance. Conviction. Those are strong words. There's nothing wishy-washy about this kind of faith. Now, granted, faith involves things we cannot prove mathematically, scientifically. We are dealing with things hoped for. We acknowledge the fact that these things are not yet seen. So to those without faith, our unwavering commitment to these things might seem irrational. But faith is the thing by which we can be certain. Faith is a divine gift by which even in the unseen things, even in things that are hoped for but not yet realized, still we can have a sense of certainty and assurance that we do not hope in vain. A conviction that what we do not yet see is every bit as real and as true, perhaps even more so than the objects in front of our very eyes. This is the last week in our summer series, Amazing Acts. We're not reading a passage this week from the book of Acts, which sort of feels like cheating, but it does tie together, trust me. All along, we've been reading accounts of the early church from the book of Acts, and obviously that's where the word Acts in the title, Amazing Acts, comes from. But the point of this series has not been to simply learn, from, uh, learn about some amazing things that happened 2,000 years ago. The point has been taking from those stories actions that we can perform today, work that we can do now to carry on that growth that began back in the book of Acts. God has some amazing acts he wants to perform through us in our day. All of the actions taken by the early apostles, and we've seen a wide variety of them this summer, healings and preaching and prophesying and martyrdom, divine escape, divine diversions, holy negotiations, boldly going where others would not dare to go. All of those actions were directed by the Holy Spirit. It was the Spirit of God leading the entire process. But it was also the cooperation of the apostles. They had to be willing to do the work. They had to be willing to get busy and take action. And there was one thing that allowed each of them to take the bold steps that they took to do the dangerous work that they did. There was one thing that allowed them to go on when others would have given up, 
to commit themselves to actions that might have appeared senseless and irrational apart from this one thing, faith. Faith. It was by faith that the apostles were able to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to the far ends of the world. The kind of faith described in Hebrews chapter 11. In the book of Acts, we saw this faith played out in the actions and the lives of the early Christians. In the book of Hebrews, the author points out that same faith lived out by the people of God in the Old Testament. Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Moses, the entire people of Israel that walked across the Red Sea on dry land and marched around the walls of Jericho. And that's just in the verses that that Bonnie read for us this morning. The parts of the chapter we skipped over also name Abel and Enoch and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Rahab, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, the prophets, the martyrs, all of these great examples of faith in action. Faith in action. That's the thing. That's the thing Hebrews 11 highlights about all of these tremendous Old Testament figures, faith in action. That's the thing that the book of Acts highlights about the apostles and the early Christians. They all put their faith into action. Perhaps you could say they all had an active faith. One of the things I love about this great chapter of the Bible is that it breaks down the dichotomy between faith and works. Those two forces are at work throughout the New Testament, faith and works. The Apostle Paul emphasized the importance of faith. He made the case that works of the law are powerless to save, that we cannot put ourselves right with God by doing the right thing. No matter how hard we try, we will inevitably mess up. We will invariably fall into sin at some point in our actions, and therefore our actions cannot save us. We must be saved by faith. The Apostle James, leader of the Jerusalem church, he emphasized the importance of works. Faith without works is dead, he wrote. Can your faith apart from works save you, he asked. And clearly the answer, according to James, is no. True saving faith will invariably be shown forth in good works. The church throughout its history has struggled with this dichotomy. Sometimes the church has seen these two forces at odds with one another. Martin Luther certainly did. He called the letter of James an epistle of straw. He even wanted to remove it from the New Testament. And since Martin Luther was the leader of the Protestant Reformation, most Protestant churches throughout the centuries have tended to side with Paul over James. But Paul and James were not really at odds with one another. Paul would agree that true faith leads to good works. And James would agree that for our works to be truly good, they must be inspired by genuine faith. Faith and works always go hand in hand. That's what we see in Hebrews 11. Each new person that the author comes to, he introduces with the words, by faith. By faith. And then, with each one, he describes the actions that they took based upon that faith. Take Noah, for example. Noah was a man of faith. What does that mean? Well, it doesn't mean that he sat on his haunches and waited for it to start raining, saying, I have faith, so God will take care of me. 
It means that when God told him, start building an ark, he started to build an ark. Even before the clouds started to gather, even before anyone had ever seen that kind of flood before. Now, from a straightforward, logical point of view, based on what could be observed at the moment, there was no reason to spend all of that time and energy and lumber building a big boat where there was no water. He built the boat by faith. He had a conviction of things not seen, namely that there was going to be a great flood, just as God said. And he had the assurance of things hoped for, namely that God would bring him and his family through the flood. And because of that assurance, because of that conviction, because of that faith, he got busy doing the work that God told him to do. When anyone else apart from that faith would have said, what's the point in all that? By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called by God to pick up and move to a land he had never seen. He didn't do that on a whim. He didn't do that because he was looking for adventure. He picked up and moved to a foreign land because he had a conviction of things not seen, that God had a land prepared for him, even though he had never seen it and didn't even know where it was. He had an assurance of things hoped for, that God would lead him there and deliver it to him. He was certain that God was promising this, this yet unseen land to him and to his descendants forever. This wasn't wishful thinking. It was assurance. That's the kind of faith that allows a person to move his entire life to God knows where. A faith that leads to action. Again, God tested Abraham by commanding him to sacrifice his son Isaac. Isaac was the son of promise. Isaac was the one through whom God had said all of his promises to Abraham would be fulfilled. All of the things that Abraham had been trusting God for over the past 20 years, all of them were supposed to come about through Isaac. But before any of them came to fruition, God said, take your son Isaac and offer him to me on the altar. By faith, Abraham made the offering. Thankfully, God stepped in and provided a ram in his place, sparing Isaac's life. But first, God had to know, does Abraham trust me enough to do the things I command him to do. That is what the Bible means by faith. There's no way Abraham would have gone to the lengths of taking his son Isaac up the mountain along with the wood and the fire if his faith was nothing more than just the belief that God exists. Faith for him was an assurance of things hoped for, a conviction of things not seen. One more example from Hebrews. By faith, Moses led the Hebrew people out of bondage in Egypt and toward the promised land. Now, if by faith we mean simply believing in God, well, Moses could have done that while living out in the wilderness with his wife and his family. Moses was safe and comfortable there with Jethro and all the sheep. He could have said, thank you, God, that I'm not in Egypt anymore. 
Thank you for this lovely wife and this handsome family you've given me. Thank you for putting me where I can live in comfort and safety for the rest of my life. That's faith, right? No. No. Faith is not simply believing so that you can remain where you are in comfort. Faith is believing to the extent that you're willing for God to make you uncomfortable, to push you out where you hadn't planned on going. Faith requires action. Faith was listening when God said, go back to Egypt and rescue my people there. Faith was obeying when God said, go to Pharaoh and tell him the Lord says, let my people go. Faith was having the assurance that God would indeed rescue all of his chosen people from Egypt. Faith was having the conviction that God would succeed in this crazy endeavor on which he was sending Moses. Without the certainty that comes from faith, Moses never would have gone. But because he did have faith, by which I mean because he had that assurance and conviction, not just that God is real, but that what God promised can be trusted, that God would go before him and bring all that he had promised to pass, because he had that kind of faith, Moses couldn't not go back to Egypt and to Pharaoh. His faith compelled him to go. When Martin Luther King Jr. gave his I Have a Dream speech, the dream of which he spoke was the image of a world that he knew one day would come to pass. His dream was not a fantasy. It was not an idea that he dreamt up on his own because he thought it would be nice, but he didn't know if it would ever really happen. He wasn't giving voice to wishful thinking. He was saying, this is how it will be one day because the creator of the universe is a God of justice and deliverance and mercy and power. The work that he did, the sacrifices he made, the struggle he engaged in, the cause for which he ultimately gave his own life, he did all of that by faith. Faith as the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. He knew that it would happen because that is what God had promised. By faith, he was able to devote his entire life to working for it because he knew the work would not be in vain. In his final speech, Delivered the night before he was assassinated, King talked about having been to the mountaintop. He knew that the threats against him were real. He knew that his life was in danger. He also knew that no matter what happened to him personally, God would prevail. He told the audience gathered that night, like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place, but I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain, and I've looked over, and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, he said, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. That is the assurance of things hoped for. 
the conviction of things not seen. That is true faith, a faith that leads to action. Martin Luther King Jr. did not, of course, see the promised land in a literal sense. He was calling upon the imagery of Moses, who, though he didn't get to cross the Jordan River with the chosen people, was allowed by God to go up the mountain before he died and look over into the promised land. Martin Luther King didn't get to experience racial peace and justice and equality in his own lifetime. But he knew that it was coming. He knew with absolute certainty because God had given him the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. He knew with absolute certainty it would come, and he dedicated his life to working for it because of faith. All of these figures that that lived by faith, from Noah and Moses and the prophets of the Old Testament to Peter and Paul and the apostles of the New Testament to Martin Luther King Jr. and other modern-day workers for justice, all of them knew the risks that were involved. All of them entered into uncharted waters, putting their lives on the line. And the one thing that allowed them all to take that risk was faith. They had an assurance of things hoped for, a conviction of things not seen. They knew that God had already declared the victory. They knew that whatever risks they were taking, risks to their reputations, risks to their personal security, risks to their temporal comfort, risks to their very lives, They knew that those risks were worth the taking because they knew that no matter what, God would triumph. They knew that God would triumph. Not they they thought perhaps God might triumph. Not they, they hoped that God would triumph, but they couldn't know for sure. They knew. They knew. That is faith. When you have that assurance from God, when that conviction overtakes you, the sure and certain knowledge that God is in charge, that his ways will prevail, that all he has promised will come to pass just as he said. And on top of all of that, that you, that you, You will get to be a part of those things coming to pass. You have a part to play in those things coming to pass. Then you, too, will live by faith. By faith, you will have the courage to follow wherever God leads. By faith, you will act in a manner becoming of God's promise. By faith, you will be inspired to do the work he gives you to do because you will know. You will know with a certainty that goes down to the depths of your soul. You will know that God will prevail and your work is not in vain. May God give to all of us
that kind of active faith. Amen.